0: And welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. It's uh, Thursday, the 11th of August. And um, we might actually just start by saying that we didn't think we were going to be
1: here, did we, Phil? No, we didn't. We were supposed to be out out for the day and up in the Lake District.
0: Uh, And that is not just going for a nice walk in the sunshine. We were actually going to visit uh, James Cropper. Uh, that we've talked about a bit on this podcast before. But on Wednesday morning, we woke up and we're looking at the screens at seven o'clock in the morning. And there there was uh, Phil Wilde, the CEO, has resigned with immediate effect.
1: Bit of a shocker. It was, to say the least. But in business, these things do happen. Um, right. Yes. And he's been replaced by the, uh, the one of their, their divisional heads uh, fairly swiftly. So, yes. But uh, we should have been there today. Well, of course what annoyed me
0: most was the fact that we had bought non-refundable tickets so we couldn't even get our money back which is the sort of thing that really annoys me um i had used my senior rail card so that saved me a bit of money um anyway hopefully uh when the new ceo comes to visit us and invites us back up again he will as uh to make up for that he will Pay for the tickets and put us in first class because we we of course being prudent investment bankers had actually booked second class. Oh, we um, too, too. But that's me. I'm a bit tight. I look after the costs <laughs> here at Bsa Capital. Anyway, so the reality is we're in the office. Uh, we're not completely twiddling our thumbs because we had empty diaries. We've got lots to do, uh, but here we are, and let's get going and talk about some of the things we've seen um, this week. I mean, maybe. You know, Phil, we've got uh, an energy crisis still going on like I don't know what, but we've also got a water crisis because it's so damn hot. I mean, it's a bit weird, isn't it? That Here we are with all of this incredible sunshine um, and extra heat, and yet we've got an energy crisis. You, it, what a shame that we can't convert all of that sunshine into solar power so that we don't actually need any bloody gas or oil. I mean, where where's it all gone wrong, Phil? You, you explain it. Imagine you're talking to Liz Truss, the new Prime Minister, because she will be, and you tell me or tell her what the bloody hell she needs to get on and do.
1: Well, I would say the first thing she needs to do is to actually have a forward plan that lasts for about at least five years so that if she is no longer around, someone else can pick up the mantle Um, because it, it is all about forward planning and forward strategy, especially with energy policy and energy investment. Um, and I bet now, you know, given the um given the sun that we've had and the weather we've had, you know, in terms of pressure on solar uh and planning for solar farms, there's gonna be an awful lot of lot of that happening. But it but energy is a long term it's a long term thing and a long term planning issue, and it's having a long term strategy. And ironically um, oddly enough, the UK has kind of had one in terms of what it's been doing in, you know, in shifting power capacity from shutting down the coal-fired power stations, encouraging, you know, winds. We've, we've led, to, you know, internationally led a bit of a charge on that. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a bit sad to see what's happening at the moment.
0: It is politics you're talking there and politics never do anything long term. They are absolutely useless, our politicians just so Um. you know. Anyway, uh, but we are in a transitional energy revolution. And I mean, actually, this is one of the reasons why we need to do the transitional energy revolution. So we're no longer dependent on fossil fuels. Um, I I mean, you just crack on and get on with it. Of course, it is all driven by economics, unfortunately. And it's got to be economically worthwhile doing. But right now, it would be incredibly economically worthwhile doing. But of course, you can't just switch it on. Uh, like a light bulb. It does, you say it takes a bit of planning, it takes time to get these things in. Um, But surely, if there's proof that we need to complete this transition energy revolution, that is what
1: we're getting at the moment. Well, global events are spurring it on quite clearly, they will do in Europe. In terms now, of the, the energy mix, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, now one of our favourites of playing the transitional energy revolution is uh, our old Invinity Energy Systems. And I know a lot of people who listen to this go, yeah, Andrew, we know you love Invinity Systems, but, you know, the share price is not doing you any favours. Uh, we are working hard in the background, I can assure you. But uh, one of the things that happened uh, this week is they announced they've got an OTCQX quote. Uh, now, that means that they can be traded um, in America now you could say, well the OTC you know, who uses that? Uh, it's, it's the point about the OTC is it's, it's cheap and cheerful to get an American listing and then Americans can buy it in their you know in their accounts in America. Uh, if you go for a NASDAQ listing, it costs you millions and millions and right now we want, we want to be careful with shareholders money. Uh, they actually do have a actually quite a lot of cash and they can certainly have you know their accounts showed at the end of June they have 12 months worth of cash, which is good um but it's all part of a story i think you'll find which we've been talking about which is that you know we saw obviously this huge bill it's got the most sorry words wouldn't come up my mouth correctly the peculiar name that you'll probably tell me what it is phil um but the the
1: americans obviously passes what is it the inflation reduction act of 2022. why is it called the inflation reduction act um, well, it's all about paying down the, uh, trying to pay down the deficit uh, to fight to fight inflation, um, and then of course investing in domestic energy production, manufacturing, and to reduce emissions. Now, the um, that does involve raising corporate taxes, uh, which may of course inhibit long-term corporate spend. So there's there's a lot of debate about whether it is going to uh, reduce inflation or not, um, but it does involve. Uh, 360 billion dollars of uh, investment in the form of tax subsidies. In but it's all about energy, putting money you know?
0: into transitional energy. Isn't it? It so that's why we're interested is. in it. Why don't they yep. just call it the Transitional Energy Act? Uh, anyway, they want to put. So, but the point about this is, is that in America, you basically need to be, or well, you certainly want to look at, be an American company manufacturing in America, selling to American customers. You got to be American. You need the stars and stripes all over you. People should be working out that what Invinity are very cleverly doing is they still remain a London listed company, but they are going to look American in America for American customers with American manufacturing at some stage, probably. And uh, that actually is pretty exciting. If they can pull that off, um, they will be able to get, I would hope, hundreds of millions of dollars from the U.S. government in terms of tax credits or grants or whatever else. And you could see the business absolutely boom. So watch this space.
1: Absolutely. It's exciting times and the US, of course, is one of the biggest markets for um, battery storage in um, energy generation. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: We are watching this space. <laughs> we, we are, yeah. Now, I'll tell you what, there was one uh, result, which is a sort of, uh, I suppose, a tech, is it tech? I suppose it is. Deliveroo was this week. I want to make a comment on that because it just makes me laugh. It still isn't making money. Um, I don't think it'll ever make money uh and the reason i say that is because the problem with um these uh, delivery companies is it's so easy to switch to whoever's got the best deal going uh my son for some reason don't ask me why well i do know why anyway he uses these apps all the time he gets takeaways the whole time but i mean i watch him i go well, why are you getting that and he goes oh well, they've got a two for one on today and i'll buy that and it'll ask me tomorrow or you will tell me, yeah, they got a 50% off if I use this code and this code. And he uses about six different apps. He doesn't, he has no loyalty to one. And how anybody ever thinks you're going to get money by frankly getting a cyclist delivering small bits of food to your door? I, I just don't get it. Now, of course, the stock market has realized that as well. And the price has absolutely collapsed since IPO. Uh, but I don't see any recovery in it. I'm sorry, I just don't get it.
1: <laughs> I didn't know you were going to talk about Deliveroo, but but customer loyalty um, is absolutely critical to business success. And if and, and if you can spot, if you've got yeah, a business where you can spot that easily between uh, between providers, then uh, yeah, that does make it tough to make a good margin.
0: Well, there's loads, aren't there? There's, yeah. There's,
1: uh,
0: no, just just eat whatever. Did anybody mention Just Eat? Where it is? There's there's Uber Eats um there's Deliveroo there's I mean there's just so many or, or you can just walk around the corner and get it yourself in the pizza shop whatever I mean you know it's um anyway that's my view uh, and I just thought I'd kick
1: off with that yeah well well done well listen on, did, look, on delivery that leads us into trucks are uh, keeping on the theme of the economy I don't know if you saw Righty, uh, what size pizza are you having that you need a truck to <laughs> deliver on? there's a very tenuous link here Andrew uh Dave Obviously, we're watching out what, what is happening in the, in the economy and of the economy. And, and, and one of the classic indicators I was told when I came to cities is look at the heavy truck market, uh, heavy truck tires and demands for heavy trucks is a, is a good uh, indicator of economic demand. Daimler uh, had a statement um, today. Uh, and they had reported a 50% rise in their earnings for the second quarter. And they said, now bearing in mind all the supply issues around transport at the moment in terms of uh, semiconductors, engineering components, whatever, uh, being a all the supply issues that, you know, constrained output. But they said that they're sold out in Europe and North America. And Daimler is, uh, Daimler Trucks, one of the top five truck makers globally. Uh, so they're sold out. Um, they said that they're still seeing some chip shortages, but they are expecting some of the supply chain issues to ease. So that is, uh, I thought that was very interesting to see what they were saying about their markets. And they've uh, also, in the same kind of vein, is is like Siemens came out with a statement today, and Siemens is closely watched because it's one of the you know biggest global industrial. Uh, companies in engineering and they're exposed to automotive, machine building, electronics, uh, and they said that they've seen continued to see strong industrial demand during their third quarter, um, even though they've seen profitability has been impacted by costs in relation to Siemens energy um and also pulling out of out of Russia. and they said that in factory automation, all regions reported orders twenty percent higher than a year earlier. so, you know that, Andrew, I know we always talk about this, but this is about capital investment. And I know you say, you know, companies are very well funded, but clearly they're still, you know, from a capital investment perspective, um, you know, good in reasonable indicators. From well, it's interesting, ones.
0: isn't it? Because, I mean, we, we've discussed this, you know, all the RNSs are still basically saying that businesses are performing well. Their balance sheets are pretty strong. Um, but, of course, we've just got this terrible hangover of inflation uh looming over as large um but we did see of course inflation just slightly ease off in america and everyone's got very excited the nasdaq action the last four or five weeks is up 20 percent you know have we read inflation wrong i don't know maybe we have i I sort of feel we have i mean you know we know the oil prices come off a bit petrol prices should be coming down As people return from their summer holidays, I think they will say, you know what, we're going to spend a bit less, because we don't have any money to spend, consumer demand will just drop off a cliff, and we could suddenly see inflation falling back quite rapidly, and the stock market's going to get excited then.
1: Yeah, it's already given given a kind of indicator of that, and they were saying it's the US uh, inflation numbers for July, uh were at eight point five percent inflation versus the you know the high of nine point one percent that seen in june and and a big influence on that was their uh, was their gasoline prices or petrol prices that down down eight uh, percent. Yeah things things are changing quickly. Um mind you if you read the press at the moment in the UK the amount of doom and gloom around energy prices you know let's see what happens i mean the situation can change pretty quickly but but yeah i mean just getting back onto the um inflation and kind of costs and stuff uh spirex spirex sarco uh tickets spx um it's a nine billion market cap company they've had interims and they provide um it's uh, steam handling for all sorts of business. So they, they cite it as process heating and temperature management solutions. But, you know, they're, you know, certainly like food processing, drug manufacture and oil and gas. Steam is used in all sorts of kind of processing and, and obviously, you, you know, um, heating, specialist heating. So they do that. They also do um, what are called peristaltic pumps. and These are specialist pumps. But they said uh, their interim results, they've seen the revenue up 17%, um, driven by a combination of volume growth and price increases. So it's good it's been a combination. You know, if it's all price increases because of inflation, then you're kind of wondering what's happening to underlying demand. But it's a mix of volume growth. Uh, yeah, revenue up 17% to 750 million. But, but they reported an 8% fall in their pre-tax profit. And this was partly due to restructuring in their business. So that may be a near-term thing. And they've said in terms of order books, getting back to our comments kind of on Siemens, and this is this is related to industrials demand for equipment. The order books are at record levels. Um and they, of course, are managing the you know disruption in their supply chains. Well, they've been having enough to, enough to do that. But order books at record levels there. So that was uh, that was quite interesting. Yeah, this
0: yeah, I mean things they so say, things still seem to be going pretty well for most companies. Um what else you picked up, Phil?
1: I, well, uh, Kinetic, one we certainly discussed before. Uh, I hope I pronounced it correctly. The ticker is QQ, and they are one of our, well, one of our remaining uh, larger quoted defence companies. We've seen a number of them being acquired. Um, the latest, I think, to go through is going to be Megit. Um, but uh, Kinetic, 2.2 billion market cap. The shares have been doing very well. Um, and this is, um, it, yeah, it's defense equipment, and this is real high-end tech stuff. Uh, and they cite, you know, they say we are the leading sites and engineering company. And you look at their website, look at the sorts of things they are involved, in, you can see how high-end the tech is. You know, it's command and control systems, it's robotics, it's sensors, man and man aircraft. Anyway, they've, good to see for a UK company, they've announced an acquisition. So they've said that they're acquiring a company called Avantis Federal uh, in the States uh, for an EV value of $590 million. And this company is, and this is this is helping to expand Kinetic in the US, very important, of course, because the US is biggest uh, global on uh, defence, leading provider of mission-focused cyber security, data analytics, and software development. Um, and they, it's got a strong track record of growth, and they're paying, and interestingly enough, uh, this is the well, key thing to watch, right, valuations. They're paying 14.6 times uh, EBITDA to EV for that one. Um, and they also announced this week um, that they won a contract to provide technical services to the US Army. It's a five-year contract um, uh, worth 45 million bucks. And that's for, again, for command control computers and for cyber and intelligence. So that was uh, very good news there for Kinetic. As
0: you say, it's up nearly 50% this year, but um, it had a pretty tough year in uh, 2021. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's doing all right. But, you know, whilst talking about defence, one that we've mentioned quite regularly one of our little favourites um, is pressure technologies. Now, pressure technologies, we were discussing this yesterday, for women, you know, it's involved in three areas at the moment, basically. Precision uh, machining, which goes into the oil and gas industry. Well, oil and gas, as we know, is, is you know, really starting to ramp up again. Uh, it's involved in defence, uh, particularly with the submarines. So we know that defence is ramping up like I don't know what at the moment. And it's involved in, in hydrogen which is transitional energy, which is booming. I mean, it's got three things that are absolutely booming. Uh, this, uh, I'm not, uh, they, they've got actually, I think a, they'll have results towards the end of or a September year end or something, something like that. I mean, we're due news in September, a trading statement or something. Um, and uh, But I would have thought, I'm not saying it's going to be incredibly good because it's tough out there in terms of, um, you know, should we say general engineering, but, you know, this is a company that's got, Three great areas, and and people really, I think, should be looking at it more. It's a little yeah. one,
1: but it's a very interesting company. It, yeah, absolutely is, and the one we cover in research. The ticket is P R E S. If any of our listeners would like to take a take a further look at what that one. Um, uh, another one we've been following closely is uh, Nexus Infrastructure. Uh, N E X S is the ticket for this. Seventy-two million market cap, and they had um. A training, I it was a training update yeah it was just it, a training uh, update yeah, yeah 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 we saw on that one um I a couple of points i mean e-smart networks is is a is a key part of their business and this is um electrification so they uh nexus specializes in its infrastructure right so it's putting in things like fiber optic cables uh housing developments electrification uh, charging all the pipes and everything else that's needed in in buildings, they do all of that stuff, but eSmart Networks is, uh, is their rapidly growing uh, electrification infrastructure business. So they've said that they're um, looking to double their revenue in that this year to 9 million, and that's, uh, their order books are up by 70%. And this is despite uh, some push outs by customers and also supply issues. So that and it was-
0: was the supply issues though, wasn't it that yeah. upset the market, you know, yeah, there was a bit, bit of slowing there um so the price has come off you know a wee bit um but they're still going to be make a healthy i think i said they make about four million in profit or something uh, yeah. they've got a very strong balance sheet haven't they
1: well it is yeah it's look it's it's well underpinned Um, uh, i've got to say look it's a business that's doubling in size is not to be uh, is not to be overlooked well that's so, the e-smart networks are doubling, yeah so that's, not the uh, same yes actually not not yeah not the, not the whole business but uh, but
0: again, it's another little one that we really like. It's one of our picks and shovels um, that we like. So, yeah, longer term, this, this is a buy.
1: Absolutely. And on electrification and EV and on, on charging infrastructure, which, of course, is what makes us infrastructure in. I don't know. Do you see that uh, Good Energy, who are quoted, their renewables electricity supplier, uh, energy services provider, they've said that ZAPMAP, did you have a look at that map? Yeah, they, they funded yeah. it. Was it nine million had gone into yeah. it and got it funded? Yeah, yeah, Series A funding, valuing it at twenty-six million, uh, post-equity value. Yeah, so that's uh, that's, that's secured investment. Uh, we'll continue continue to track that uh, track that sector for you. Uh, another little one, uh, and this is this is a company that we act for, is Frontier IP. Ticker is FIPP, um, and they. Um, Basically, they earn equity stakes in uh, tech companies by providing commercialization services. And uh, they announced that one of their portfolio companies, uh, CamGraph IC, has raised uh, 1.3 million. And uh, this is early stage tech. Uh, they have, oh, I think it's about 17 companies in total in their portfolio from IP. But uh, CamGraph IC. Uh, have a graphene are uh, using graphene technology uh, within photo photo electronics um and it what it does is i'm not sure it explains a bit better to investors but basically uh, you use in telecommunications in 5g in data centers you're transmitting data around at gigabits per second uh rates and they're getting of course faster and faster with more and more data and the uh, the electronics that you use to do that federal electronics uh tech is what they're applying their graphene technology to that to those federal electronic processing and it allows you to transmit far more information anyway so they've raised raised um 1.3 million for that portfolio company and um sir mike rake who's a former chair of bt group is an investor in it Uh, And he's joining the board of directors. So I thought that was really good news for that one, actually. Well, um, I'm now going to move to brands. and I'm going to give you
0: literally breaking news, news that's just coming out basically as we're talking. Um, But it's also news that I think is a useful lesson for the stock market, Phil. And you're probably thinking, what's Andrew going to say next? I am, yes. But the lit years we've been talking, there is an update on Revolution Beauty and the group's audit. And this is a stock that was floated a year ago, on July the 19th, at 160p. And it's now trading at 8p, a market cap of about 25 million only. Um, And the auditors have raised concerns about the accounting issues with management regarding the audit. And these could have a material impact on the results for the full year of 2022. That's that's the full year to 28th of February uh, because they've been delayed Um, and everything is getting delayed. Now, this has been an absolute basket case, Phil. We did comment on the trading statement the other day when they said that the results were a bit delayed and that things weren't quite right. But I just want to point a few things out to you, all right? Because i been having a look at this. Well, I said we couldn't go to James Cropper. I thought I'd have a look at this company because it was worrying me that there was something wrong. Yeah. And it was. It was IPO'd on July the 19th, 2021. Uh-huh. And the first thing that should have raised red flags to every single investor was that they were raising money basically to pay off debt. That is a complete no-no. All right. What is also staggering is that the founders sold into the secondary market, 190 million pounds worth of equity. So they took out 190 million pounds. The entire company today is worth only 25 million pounds. Wow. That is outrageous. Oh. Now, this was only a year ago. Yeah. I'm not saying this is fraud, but it's certainly something you should listen to. Now let's let's just carry on. So frozen on July the 19th. On November the 24th, they had interims. Their losses grew from 6 million to 15 million. And the debt, right, which obviously they had just raised 110 million, went from 68 to only 17.6 million. Well, that's because they they obviously were losing money as well. So cash was running out the door. On January 26th this year, they put out a trading update, which was actually very positive. They then actually on May the 6th said there was a record Q4 and everything was going well and in line. But on May the 12th, we have more red flashing lights. The finance director announced that he was leaving at the end of July. Well, hang on a second. This is question, question, question. You've just floated and your FD is leaving. End of July, he left. And on August the 2nd, they announced it had all gone wrong. And net debt was now, instead of net cash of 17.6, was 21 million, i.e. In a very short space of time, 40 million quid have walked out the door. Oh, my word. Now the auditors are saying it's not there at all. I mean, you know, this is a, a classic case. Of what actually really makes me angry, Phil, is that, you know, it did an AIM IPO with well-known advisors and lawyers and accountants. The nomad system is supposed to make sure that none of this happens. Why bother to pay millions of pounds to lawyers and accountants and to nomads to make sure you've got a safe investment when you bloody well haven't got a safe investment? You've just gone from 160p to 8p. You may as well, frankly, not bother with any of the DD and just float it. You've got more chance. And this is why it's an AIM casino. You know what? And part of the problem is probably that IPO was done over Zoom. There's only one way to do DD. You need to meet people in the flesh and say, do I trust this guy? Is he telling me the truth? You need to go on a site visit. You need to see the business. You need to sniff around a little bit. This, frankly, is outrageous and explains why the market is so bad. You know, they put in all of this additional cost to try and safeguard you. It has not safeguarded anybody. It's a scam and someone should be shot for it. Oh, dear. It
1: are saying at the end of the day it's pension funds and pensioners money that's been lost in this and investors money well i hope there's a thorough a thorough review of what goes on because it's not good for the listed market to see things like this happening
0: it's not good for the listed market it won't be good for the brand space because people will just question what's going on yeah um but it's also to me it's like Why on earth hasn't anybody reviewed the way all these IPOs and things are taking place and actually said, you know what, we need to change the system a bit? Why don't fund managers spend more time? Actually, some do. In fairness, I know one or two fund managers actually do look at the person and they invest in people rather than, you know, frankly, nomads are a waste of time. The sooner they abolish the nomad system, the better. They, 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 they're a waste of time and they cost a huge amount of money. The sooner we have less lawyers getting involved in all this stuff and it's it's just crazy it really drives me insane uh if you are a shareholder in revolution beauty or or you've got your money with jupiter because they were a cornerstone shareholder in this in the same way they were with the huck group i'm really sorry it's it's clearly not going well you
1: know anyway yeah uh, that was my little rant and rave for the day (laughs) oh my god you know Quite right, right too, really. Uh, as I say, it's at the end of the day I've got my money in my sip and uh you yeah, know you have and, and lots of our listeners have got money in their pensions and you expect you expect better. It's fair to say, first thing I was taught when I came into the city, I always remember was you invest in the people first. Then you look at the business. But first look at the people behind it, what they're doing and how it's managed. Mm, interesting. Oh my god. All uh-huh. right. I think we maybe leave it on that note, shall we, Phil? Well, yes. And I'm hoping... I, I, well, look, I saw there was the weather forecast is for a bit of rain next week. So at least we can hope and hope for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not often you hope for that. Look, I hope yeah. uh, people found this podcast useful. Uh, anybody wants to make any comments, particularly on Revolution Blues, you do send them in to us directly. If anybody wants to uh, ask us to talk about something, we're more than happy to talk about things that people request. And uh, or if you just uh, want us to talk about the weather, we'll do that as well. Um, And we'll speak again next week. We will, Andrew, and I look forward to it.